you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is our founder and CEO, Mr. Fred Studley. This CareerPod episode is with Bill Budry, an experienced procurement professional. He has broad exposure in different industries, from recreational boats, railroad services, insurance, and financial services. He talks about the value of relationships and the importance of continuous learning. Throughout his career, he has benefited from his university connections, and that's an extensive part of his network. I know you enjoy this episode. Bill Budry, uh, welcome to CareerPod. Thanks very much, Fred. Good to be with you. Okay. Well, first of all, we're looking forward to a a discussion about procurement as an employment field. Uh, Why don't we start in the early stages? uh, Where were you brought up? Where did you go to school? And maybe what led you into uh, procurement? Sure. Um, So I uh, grew up uh, most of my life in Wakefield, Massachusetts, which is where I call home now, where we've raised our three boys. Um, And I graduated from Wakefield High School, and I ended up going to Boston College. And interestingly enough, for my career in the Boston area, area, that's been been a positive for me as, as I've been received into different places to be interviewed. I think BC education and background has been positive. I was an English major. I never really had any specific idea on a career. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but uh, I got a job uh, at Boston and Maine Railroad in 1976. I was 23 years old. Um, it was a railroad that was later purchased by another entity and became three railroads. And during my time there, um, I advanced to the, uh, the last position I had there was director of purchasing managing and fleet. But, you know, I only, you know, raced the end and come back to say in the environment I was in, um, promoting from within was a very common thing as talent was recognized in people. And I, was very, very fortunate in my 11 years there. I had six different roles. Okay. And all of them, you know, rep, um, a promotion. So, as I mentioned, my last job there, and it was completely new to me. I'd spent some time in finance, I'd spent some time in our engineering department, I spent some time in the commuter rail. Um, hmm. But, you know, they showed the confidence in me to make me the director of purchasing the materials okay. uh, for all three railroads. Well, a couple takeaways, if I could just interject. One is the value of uh, relationships. When you graduated from college, there was a network of people that went to the same school, and that was helpful throughout your career. Yeah, Yeah, I I point that out as, you know, later in my career, other places, like, oh, you're a BC grad. It definitely uh, gave it, you know, it helped me. Yeah, and that that's true whether you go to USC or Slippery Rock or wherever you go. Uh, it, it's important sure. to maintain those relationships. The other yeah. takeaway is, you know, take advantage of any rotational assignments that you may get early in your career, because yeah. it's it's a twofer. You learn knowledge about other disciplines, and it also helps you make up your mind where you'd like to concentrate. So those are yeah, good yeah. Things. No, I think I think that's a good point. And again, I'm I kind of pointed out I. You know, the, the way I depicted, you know, was extremely fortunate. And I was in a place at a different time whereby, you know, they would, you know, um, pluck talent and move you around and give you a chance. Right. Um, and, you know, that chance they gave me to do uh, 
to move into that role, which in the, when they gave me the job, I was absolutely terrified. Um, but I grew into it. I learned a lot. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, um, you know, for since then, with the, you know, with the exception of a couple of years at Boston Wheeler, I was the customer service manager, was a, which was yet another phenomenal learning experience in my life. You know, I've done different aspects of supply chain. Well, let, let's flip the discussion around and talk about people that you would hire and what kind of prerequisite skills or experience or even personality you think works best in procurement. And let's just start with the entry-level job. Uh, what do you look for when you're hiring a, 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 you know, a junior buyer, let's say? Uh, what kind of things you look for? Yeah, well, in... in you know, this environment's applicable, you know, in the other places I've worked like Liberty Mutual or um, like places like Fidelity Investment, Junior Buyer, you know, those kind of roles didn't exist so much because it was more of a contract environment. But, you know, I look for, number one, if people have experience in the uh, profession at all, obviously, if they have some experience in a like uh, uh, type of business, and then based on the categories, do they have any experience in the category? That would be the ideal candidate. Okay. All right. Um, absent that, you know, um, and I think, you know, this is kind of uh, changed, but I think, you know, I'd be looking for somebody in today's world in, in purchasing supply chain, somebody that has some kind of uh, degree of finance background that might be interested in giving something like this a try. Hmm. Um, I, will, I will tell you that, you know, for me in every – where I've done, and I, I, you know, the people's skills, whether they have skills or they're new to coming in to try to take on a role, like you mentioned, a junior buyer, or, you know, I've hired a couple of senior buyers here is, in addition to any experience, you know, for me, it's, you know, does somebody have, do they exhibit common sense, my definition of common sense in an interview, and do they exhibit good relationship skills? Because I have, and I, I mentioned a little bit, you know, about my customer service manager at, at Boston Whaler, and it really extended for me into my life and supply chain to, you know, you know, we service, we're here to service the need of internal customers. And, you know, good relationship skills, stakeholder management skills um, with internal stakeholders and with suppliers are something that's going to make somebody successful. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at your job, you're a senior procurement uh, executive. What has your job morphed into? Uh, if you look at your basic responsibilities and tasks on a typical day, you just indicated you just came out of two and a half hours of meetings. So I guess yeah. you know meetings are a big part of your life. But what kind of things do you get involved in at the executive level? Well, at the executive level, it's setting, you know, the strategy and direct direction on an annual basis for our supply chain and our purchasing teams here. We have very unique supply chain challenges in the industry I'm in now that, you know, I would say, unfortunately, uh, very limited supply chains for material that almost takes a lot of the fun away from being a purchasing type person. You don't have multiple supply chains that you can leverage for a variety of reasons, best right. price, best value, um, you know, holding the vendor accountable. But um, so we're trying to, we try to make the best of what we can with the supply chain that's available to us and, you know, work with, you know, internal customers to try to understand their 
requirements uh, over the course of time in this environment. There's multiple very different sides of the business for we would say is direct materials, indirect materials, and services. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a it is a it's a complex supply chain all around. But the you know you talk about the meetings that came out of. Frankly, you know I often find myself and I enjoy big part of the job. You know I enjoy anywhere I go is getting people in the room and brainstorming about solving problems. And you know again I find myself in that. I never want to say I have the only ideas, the best ideas. Um, and I think sometimes people struggle with that because they say, well, you're the boss, but I, I, I'm very verbal about saying, you know, we all need to contribute to this discussion to say, what's the best way for us to approach solving this problem. It's a two for two bill. It's coaching and mentoring and, you know, in some aspects as well, you know, you know, you can likely get a better decision and you can, as you say, mentor and, and coach people through decision making. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, now, the stereotype about a person in procurement is they're a master negotiator. That they, when, <laughs> now, when you bought your house, uh, it w- was the uh, seller sweating or did you use great uh, out-of-the-deal approaches or what? How, how did, you, uh, did you have a successful negotiation? I, 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 so when I bought my house specifically, you know, I think it's understanding the marketplace and I think this is the same in supply chain, you know, as I mentioned before, in this role at Keolis, so we're in a very restrict, restricted supply chain. Right. Um, but if, you know, what's the market conditions? What, you know, do you have leverage with the supplier? But uh, I, I'll tell you, it, it really is interesting because I continually, you know, say to my people, they might be a buyer, a senior buyer. Some people are good at this and some people aren't as it relates to or a contract manager. The art of negotiation. I, I will tell you in other places like Liberty Mutual in particular, people had great characteristics. They could do an RFP. They could do a contract. But the the art of or just the, the process of negotiation wasn't something they were comfortable with. Okay. So I think, you know, in a, in a teaming type situation, I would often find myself in that role. But I guess what I'm saying is, I can I continually remind my people on the team. Right. If you don't ask, you don't know. Right. That's right. So it's kind of interesting that you would think that would be something that comes natural, but I, I don't I don't find it to always be the case. No, you're I really right. Don't. I think people are are uncomfortable with that, and no doubt when you did buy your house, you got all the drapes, you got uh, <laughs> fixtures thrown in. Uh, all kinds of things. Oh, anyway. I, I, I didn't buy what, like, what the market is today. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about uh, mentoring? When you came up, uh, did you benefit from mentors throughout the process? I, I absolutely um, had mentors along the way. And what's interesting in thinking about the question about a mentor is, you know, it's you know, is this conscious mentoring or unconscious mentoring? I can't say I have, you know, one or two people specifically I could point to. I have many people in my career um, that were very positive to me um, that, again, you know, when I was younger, I would say they knew they were mentoring and not only mentoring from a direct manager, but mentoring from peers in the business. Um, I can say that people in the supply chain have been mentors to me. Yeah. It helped me understand, you know, different aspects of business, 
different aspects of supply chain. Um, and again, I, I almost think, you know, that comes sort of naturally to some people. Is it in the DNA to want to coach, to want to mentor, to not be um, fearful of somebody knowing or learning more than you? And again, I think it takes, you know, different forms of being very direct or, right. or subtle. All of people that work for me now say, you know, and they're not saying it to be gratuitous. They say, you know, I really want to bounce this wording off you or this thought off you because I just, you know, like the way you bring the thinking back to me. And, and they're not, they really, really mean it. They're not doing that to try right. to butter up the boss, you know? Right. So it's, um, yeah, I uh, guess, but I, 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 I benefited from some right. people who you definitely made differences in the way I do my work and the way I think about my work. And it goes back to maybe at a basic level, you talked about the, the value of relationship building and, and good mentoring right. informal or formal, you know, flows right. out of, in a relationship, fundamentally. No, the, actually, I'm glad you said that because that's so true. You know, I mean, it, it, it's beyond work. Do you, you know, do you care about people? Do you know right. about people? They want to know about you, your family, and what's important to you. And you know, I think that builds a natural path for mentoring, coaching um, in a positive way. How about uh, Bill? Just general advice for those people, either early in their career in procurement or maybe even mid-career uh, and it's going to be culled obviously from your real life experience what, what kind of general career advice would you give them discipline there there's a plentiful supply of continuous education certification and and so right. forth is that a requirement in some cases i wouldn't say it's a requirement in the places i've worked now for example in a places like uh heavy uh, services procurement in a, when I worked at Fidelity Investments or Liberty Mutual, um, you know, within the contracting teams, we would have people who had law degrees. Mm. And, you know, of course, in any place I've been, you interact with a law department for contract type things. But obviously, if that's a skill somebody can bring to um, contract management, by the way, it doesn't mean they're a good negotiator or they're a good, you know, right. um, um, support, you know, supply chain manager, but if they can do the framework of a basic agreement, that's, you know, that's a skill. I mean, I'm, I'm certified by ICM. I got that certification, um, many years ago, uh, with, you know, that's more procurement focus. Um, I, uh, apex obviously, particularly supply chain, um, is a great certification thing to do. I'm not saying either one of them is easy. It takes time takes commitment. But for me in interviewing somebody, my eyes would be drawn to say, has anybody taken the next step in their career in right. some way to, you know, show some uh, specialization or showed a commitment, you know, as I mentioned previously about continuous learning. I mean, it, de it definitely is something I look for in a resume. And it's definitely something I've tried to encourage people, particularly younger people, right. um, that if they want to take the next step, those would be things that would differentiate them from other folks. Now, the procurement uh, field, probably more than many, uh, it's become global. Uh, your suppliers in many of the industries that you've worked in uh, weren't U.S. They were around the globe. And, and I suspect even in your current role uh, with limited suppliers, uh, uh, you have to be understanding of that. Is that impacted your way of doing work, the fact that you have to deal around the world? Globalization of commodities 
wasn't really really relevant. It yeah. it. It, it, what's interesting about working at Keolis, Keolis is a French company. They're based in Paris. They have operations um, all over the world in where they've had change of leadership of the supply chain and corporate. Um, when I came here, one of the first questions I asked my boss, the CFO, who was from Keolis in France, is does Keolis in Paris set direction in any categories, products or services for um you know, for the countries, you know, for other operating entities around the world? And the answer was no. Um, they've made, you know, some start, had some stops and starts in it, but ironically, they, somebody new has been hired, new leadership has brought in, and and I know that more globalization of categories, uh, and I have a new boss, the CFO from France, you know, this is something he's very interested in us working on. Yeah. Where can we leverage things? And, you know, we have a kind of very couple of positive examples that I've participated in, you know, on a global basis with leveraging Keolis, 65,000 employees around the world where they've done agreements for a couple of things. But I direct material categories would be very difficult for them to do because of the unique aspects of okay. uh, our, our company. All right. How about uh, the field of technology uh, in all the discussions I've had with people, whether it be in high tech or low tech? Technology, it, it's really been impactful over the last, you know, 15, 20 years and how we do our jobs. Uh, yeah, what are it, a couple examples of how your jobs changed? To the well, it, 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 again, because of my, how long I've been doing a bit of the workforce, I've seen, you know, unbelievable change in how work is done, leveraging technologies. And I've been fortunate enough that I've been, you know, in roles of leading implementations and learning right along with the people on the team and going through the change management, you know, big work with IT department, big work with internal customers. And, um, you know, I've gone taking steps ahead and step backwards based on the companies I've been in terms of their commitment to automation or investment, new tools for any work processes, continuous modification of existing tools and enhancement. Um, one of the big things for, uh, you know, uh, places I've been uh, not, not in this environment, unfortunately, right now, is the automation of procure-to-pay processes with suppliers. Yeah. And in the, in the, in a really other big, big breakthrough, and we did this at uh, Liberty Mutual, where I was for nine years, and it was virtually all services procurement, was automating uh, RFP, RFQ processes, doing it through uh, software tools. That was a you know tremendous breakthrough in terms of the uh, automation of uh, sending out uh, an RFP, RFQ process to a vendor in getting information back in a consistent way that it made it um, digestible to a team of people in procurement and the stakeholders such that, you know, we've certainly been places where you have a team of 10 people and vendor A is delivering 10 books that might be 50 pages long and vendor B is 100 pages deep. Uh, doing uh, online sourcing allows you to uh, do questions, assign weights to questions, points to questions, and you ask the questions in such a way that you're not getting loaded up with 10 pieces of paper that answer right. the question. The, the other big thing when I think about, you know, things that are breakthrough, and this is, you know, an amazing part of um, 
procurement is just in, in, in all, I think in all businesses, data, 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 data to drive decisions. So, yeah. uh, you know, software tools that mine data and give you the opportunities to have different views, you know, that we're using here to look at our purchasing and our buying habits and our material management habits, you know, to provide insights to spend and pro- provide insights to do it in different ways. I'd, I'd say those two okay. are, you know, those three are, have been huge and changing the work well, I, that I've been involved with. Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess a takeaway for early uh, careerists in procurement or even mid, mid-career people is when they look for a job and they do their due diligence and in interview, uh, you know, they want to make sure they get the right pay and their boss is, you know, yeah. a good boss and all that stuff. But they also want to learn what kind of technology this company has because uh, you want to stay current with your knowledge yes. and your yep. skills of utilizing technology. And that's that can make a big yep. difference, maybe two jobs from the current one that's being uh, considered. So that's, a, I think, a big yep. takeaway. No, that, uh, that, that's right. And if, if you can go to a company and you know, that's committed to implement, you know, having those tools and using those tools. If you went in initially, you would take that for granted. Right. But believe me, there are plenty of places that, you know, and I've, I, like I said, I've seen the extremes in my career <laughs> okay. where people are all in with that kind of investment and automation and, and taking advantage of all the things I mentioned to you and other places just, you know, they don't know how to do it. They make the investment. So, um, you know, if you can walk into a place that has uh, great tools and learn those tools, you obviously make yourself right. immensely more marketable. Right. How about uh, uh, just a general question? What gives you satisfaction in in your job? And maybe speaking broadly in terms of the procurement function versus the executive function you're in now, what, what has always satisfied you about procurement? It, it really is a place in the business outside of, you know, typical operations where you can do things and measure things that you can show make a difference and and can be contribute to the bottom line of a company. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, I've gone to work every day to, you know, make a good living to provide for me and my family. And if you're in a place and doing work where you can feel good about um, that, you're doing something that makes a difference for the company that you can do something with your team that makes them feel good about the work. Um, you know, old adage, but you spend more time in the workplace than you do at home. Um, you know, I, I always want to try to feel good about what I'm doing for myself growth for my, for me, you know, enabling people on my team to earn, learn and grow and hopefully earn more money. Um, those, those are, you know, values that are important to me. How about the flip side uh, over your career? What tends to dissatisfy you or frustrate you uh, about procurement? <laughs> well, about procurement specifically, uh, I would say is getting involved with processes where you do not have willing stakeholders, meaning that um, if you, and again, you know, services procurement, millions and millions of dollars spends, again, I go back to the Liberty Mutual example of Fidelity, um, the, you know, people are used to working with given supplier and are familiar with those processes and have relationships with the people and the team and everything. When you open that up to say, you know, we've got a $5 million or a $10 million spend category, and oh, by the way, it's never been competed, um, you know, for some people that's very threatening. 
for some people, you know, they don't want to be involved. They don't, you know, they'll push back. They won't be collaborative. And I think that goes back to some things I said to you. I think, you know, good skill is, you know, relationship management. I mean, you have to have people trust you, learn to trust you. Um, but that's, that's, you know, been something in big companies where these people, you know, working in big business units that are driving the organization, you know, becomes, can become a very, uh, tight rope act to walk, to get to that point of getting to the end result of best value for the company, not lowest price. And I think once you, you know, in my world, you know, when you start talking to people about the end result, we want is best value because I think a lot of people think that a purchasing person is coming in about cheapest price, lowest price, which doesn't mean you get all the other aspects of value that a company, you know, if you can, if you can approach the business that way, you, you have a lot more chance for success. So, right. but that's, uh, that can be difficult given the environment. Okay. Uh, one thing I'd like to go back to briefly, uh, and that's your ability to navigate between industries. Uh, mm-hmm. We run into it a lot when we talk to people, uh, the whole notion of industry bias. A person going into sneakers has the, the risk of staying in sneakers for their whole yeah. life. And yeah. you were able to navigate a couple kind of leaps. I don't know if they're chronologically accurate, but you had experience in, in boats. You went to an yeah. insurance company. Uh, then you worked in this heavy industry. You worked in financial services. What uh, tips would you give a person uh, when they try to navigate from one industry to another? Well, I think that um, it's something that, you know, a purchasing uh, profession um, is amazingly transferable skills. I mean, the, the processes of engaging with the supplier, engaging process with the supplier, engaging with um, um, internal customers, I think unless unless you're hiring somebody to be a very specific and, and I, you know I've been fortunate in my roles in my career I've gone into leadership roles in companies and not saying I'm I'm being hired as a contract manager or a right. senior contract manager to specifically do talent management or an insurance category or or techno or IT yep. you know you know in those, in those situations you know, you are looking for somebody with relevant uh, skill, but from um, going in in you know leading teams, you know, if you understand processes and understand you know the tentacles of you know procure to pay processes, contracting right. processes, RFP processes, and you know, I those guess, are very tra- very transferable. Right, and I guess the person who's not a manager, they need to emphasize those transferable skills and their exposure to. Contemporary technology and software definitely, and so forth. Definitely. Okay. I've certainly have worked with people where you know gone into situations where we didn't really were not so much focused on category expertise, but more process expertise. But frankly, you know the business demanded that you know we sort of became more category expertise experts, right. and you know in you know you can be in situations where people are allowed to grow into that. How about uh, good luck and bad luck? Briefly, Bill, any uh, good luck or bad luck that's helped your career? You know, when I worked at the railroad, I was, I will always say that I was very lucky that, you know, I was put in that role. They took a chance, you know, it was based on, you know, their perception of how I had performed in other roles. 
But I always look back at that and say, and that was incredible luck for me because, again, even working for 10 years, it's, I really didn't know. I didn't have a specific direction about what I wanted to do in my life. Um, and, you know, I really fell into something, you know, that gave me a chance in a role and, it, you know, it's become a, a career for me and it's, it's something I enjoy and I think, you know, I adapted to uh, pretty well. So yeah. on that, that point, that, a lot of people will talk about this, but at baseline, you did some things to make good luck happen. Meaning when you were younger, your work ethic, uh, you always looked for more work, you were available, you were thirsty to learn and that made good luck in that case yeah. possible. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I, I was never, I might've been nervous about the role, but I was never, you know, afraid of trying something different and doing something different. Again, I, you know, I continue to say I was lucky or I'd say I worked in an environment that that allowed for that, you know, okay. probably maybe back then was more typical, had more of a chance in a company that, that might exist today. But, yep. you know, every time somebody told me they want me to, to take on a new challenge, uh, I was eager to do it. And I, and I learned a lot by, as a result. How about the flip side? Bad luck. Anything you can allude to briefly? <laughs> bad luck would be a bad manager to me. Right. right. <laughs> and no. that what that, that could do to, you know, so many aspects of your career and your, your yep. life and decision decisions you make about what do I do next? Right. So it's that's for sure. fascinating part of, you know, how you go through okay. work. Yeah. Well, thank you for the time, Bill. This has been very insightful for those people either in procurement or looking at that as an option. Uh, the, the fact okay. that you were able to navigate uh, so many industries, the, points you made about relationship building uh, can really work in pretty much any occupational world. So I want to thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Let me know if I can answer any other questions. Thank you.